Well, we're going to read from Scripture now, from Luke's Gospel. We're going to start reading in uh, Luke uh, 1, uh, verse 23, then on to verse 38. It's talking about Zechariah, first of all. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in these days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. (coughs) And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and is, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Well, may God bless his words to us as we take some time to think on some of those glorious truths. I want us to look at one verse in particular in the passage that we read. It's verse 37. And uh, it's a rather remarkable verse. It's pretty much the smallest verse in the chapter. Uh, But it says it all, really. And this is how it reads. For nothing will be impossible with God. And here... The angel is answering the question and the concern that Mary has. She asks the question, how 
will this be? How does this work? How is this going to happen? And I mean, that's a question that we often ask, isn't it? How is this going to come to pass? How is this going to work? We've had um, lots of promises from politicians over the last year. And uh, they've promised a great number of things. They've told us they can make things better. And one of them got a kick out because she clearly couldn't keep her promise. What she was promising was impossible for her in the plan that she had anyway. And we face that kind of situation day by day, don't we? How do we do this? How will that happen? How can we get through this? We face difficulties and trials and tests in our lives. How will we survive? How will we respond? How will we react? When we lose loved ones, how will we cope? How will we face tomorrow? And there are a whole host of things that fall under this question. How can we? How can this be? And Mary asks when which certainly impossible on a human level, isn't she? And that's where we start, is her question is a valid question. She has a good question. How can this be? How does this work? The angel comes to her and gives her a bizarre but brilliant greeting. One which she goes, what on earth is this? Greetings, O favoured one. The Lord is with you. Now, from what we know, Mary had never had an angel come to her before. But even if she had, I don't think this would have been the expected response from an angel to her. I mean, when we think of angels, we think of those glorious beings, those beings who are in the presence of God. And what a position to be in, to be perpetually in his presence, to be able to see him and understand him in a far greater way than we can. To be in a position where you can look down on all the things that God does, on all the ways that he works in this world, all those ways he works for the good of those that love him. (laughs) What do we see? Well, we see what's right in front of us, don't we? We see what is before us, what what we experience, what comes to us that following day. These angels have a glorious view. And yet, this angel, when it comes to Mary, greets her as, Oh, favoured one. Oh, favoured one. And then he goes on from there to try and quiet, quiet and her down. Do not be afraid. And then gives her a reason to be afraid, really. Because he tells her what's so favoured about her. That she is going to conceive a son who is to be called Jesus, who is the Son of God. Wow. Those of you who are mothers... How did you respond to finding out that you were pregnant? 
probably a bit of a wow moment, I would imagine. I was a dad and it was a bit of a wow mo- mo- moment for me. And I tend to be quite underwhelmed by most things, shall we put it that way. So I'm pretty sure for most mothers, just hearing that you're going to have a child is amazing. But Mary is told far more than it's just a child. She gets told what his name is going to be, Jesus, and we know from what the angel told Joseph that that means that he's going to be the saviour of his people. The name means saviour, isn't it? And so she's told that her son is going to be the saviour, and that her son is the son of God. Well, how does that work? How is he going to be related to God Almighty? Well, we know Paul, as he speaks to the people in Athens, tells them that their poets were kind of right when they said that we're all children of God. Got some kind of right idea. And we are children of God in the sense that he made us. But there's a far more clear description here, isn't there? It's not sons and daughters of the Lord in this wide sense but that he is the son of God it's very specific isn't it the son of the most high not he not one of but the wow her son is going to be God's son and when we read that in the whole plethora of what we had in, have in Scripture, that means his only begotten son. The only one. The different one. The special one. The glorious one. And it's no surprise that she was completely amazed. I mean, the miracle of birth and conceiving is one thing. Something that scientists have failed to do, even with all their attempts. But this one is even more different. The Son of God. And she is completely confused by it. How can this be, since I am a virgin? And this says it all about her. And all about us as well, really. That she asked, how can this be physically possible? I'm not a genius, but I understand that being a virgin makes it impossible for me to have a child. That's what she's saying. This is a scientific impossibility. This is humanly impossible. What you're telling me is beyond the realms of nature. It doesn't work. She's looking just at a human level. And we tend to do that with all our problems, don't we? We tend to only see the practical issues with us being people. How can I survive this Christmas with not being able to afford the heat deck? That kind of question. You're thinking about physical things. How am I going to survive Christmas without warmth? Won't I get ill? Won't I be in a position where I'll catch pneumonia or something? 
It's looking at things on a human level. The truth is, how will you last tomorrow? It's a good question to ask, isn't it? How will we survive till tomorrow? The answer is very simple. We will all survive till tomorrow by one simple truth, by the grace of God. That's it. But when we think of things, what do we do? We humanize them. We look at them with our eyes. We look at them at a natural level. And that's what Mary's doing here. It's almost like the most glorious part of what she's been told has gone over her head. It's gone past her notice that this is the Son of God that we're talking about. How is that possible? How is that going to work? Well, it only works by God's help. What's beautiful is that the, the, the angel answers her in a very simple way, doesn't he? starts off and he gives an explanation. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. He gives an explanation. Notice the angel's first comment, the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say, the most high. His comment to her is, stop thinking about science. Start thinking about God. Stop thinking about yourself as a person and start thinking about God. What a sentence for us to take to our heart and mind. That our first thought is not what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to see, how things are going to be. That our first thought every day is, what's God going to do? What, what's he going to make happen? How's he going to be involved in today? And when we think like that, our lives change completely, don't they? Our priorities change completely. Our attitudes change completely. Because instead of worrying what's coming next, we start off thinking about God. We start off meditating about the person that cared so much that he created us. That carefully created us in his image. That has given us value, purpose, a place. <clears throat> God cares for us. I suppose it's one of those few times in the year that people actually think about it at Christmas time, isn't it? That God is actually in the equation. And I mean, even then, they try and push him to one side. Because very rarely do we hear any mention of the Lord Jesus Christ, let alone the Heavenly Father, 
whose plan this all was. People are more sensitive, aren't they? They'll consider God just about in between the tinsel and the trinkets and the lights. There's so many things to distract us in this world. Let alone our own tendency to look at the normal things of life. That God can get so easily lost. Even for us as believers. The angel tells us again, the Holy Spirit, the most high. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, how aware of you that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? Because the reality is, is when we read this story of how Mary conceives of Jesus Christ, we get that amazing sentence, don't we? That the Holy Spirit will come upon her. Are you aware, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, has come upon you? Isn't that an amazing thought? When we remember Pentecost, what do we remember? I tell you what, our problem is we think too physically. We think of the fire on the head. We think even of the speaking in tongues that happened. And we miss the point. The Holy Spirit came down on each and every one that was in the room. And if you look at the book of Acts, you'll see that that sentence is repeated time and time again. When people come to faith, the Spirit comes on them. Dwells in them. Works within us. Communicates with our spirit so that our spirit says, Abba, Father. So that we speak of the Lord God Almighty as our Father. That's why we get encouraged when we pray to pray, Our Father who art in heaven. Because he's given himself to us. And the sign of that is the spirit. And so as we look at this portion, it tells us so much more than just what happens to Mary. It it tells us what happens to every believer when Jesus Christ is believed upon. When Jesus Christ comes into our hearts. That the Son of God dwells upon us. He is always with us. He fulfills those words that the Lord Jesus Christ says when he ascends into heaven. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He fulfills that promise through the Spirit who dwells upon us. And we see also the Most High, don't we? the most high, the most excellent, the most glorious. And it's something that we don't often describe God as. 
We're happy with the term God. There's a bit of mystery and a bit of intrigue to it, isn't there? And and that's a good thing. It is a good thing because the Lord our God is so glorious, so wonderful that he is beyond description. But when we think of one who is quite mysterious, you don't always grasp who he is. You don't get the big picture of what he's like. And as the angel comes, he describes him as the most high. The one who is beyond. The one who is above. The one who is greater than everybody and everything else. And when we think of God, we need to have that picture of him in our minds. You often get that sentence thrown about. Oh, your God's too small. I have to say, I think the best of us, the ones of us with the biggest view of God, our God is too small. But the problem that we have is that we often are content with the idea of God that we have. We're happy with the picture that has been portrayed to us over days and years. That God is, well, he's a loving God. He's a gracious God. He's a merciful God. He's a compassionate God. And he is all of those things. But he's the best of all those things. He's the greatest of all those things. He's the most expansive of all of those things. He's, if you want for a bizarre illustration, the thesaurus of all of those things. In other words, whatever word you can imagine fitting to help you describe any single word... He's all of them, and actually more. He is the God who is more than we can think, or even imagine. He is sublime. And as the angel is talking to Mary, she's make, he, the angel is making that point to her. The angel is making the point that who is giving this message is God Almighty. Not someone who can't follow through on promises, but someone that can fulfill them. Someone who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more. That is who is speaking. The promise that she's given is that her son will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High, and he will have the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Well, I mean, having him as saviour was an amazing enough thing. These were people who were under the tyranny of Rome. That's what a lot of the people, the Jewish people, wanted was a king to rescue them from that. And maybe that's what the first thing that came to Mary's mind as she heard that word, Jesus, Saviour. 
But here we have a further message, don't we? That her son will be the king over the house of Jacob forever. There will be no end to his kingdom. There will be no limits to his kingdom. Well, this throws in even more, doesn't it? This throws in eternity into the equation. Not only is God the Most High involved, but the glorious thing that is going to happen to her is going to have an eternal perspective. Because the salvation that Jesus Christ offers isn't just the salvation for here and now. It is that. But it's a lot more. Just like God is the Most High, the salvation that Christ gives is of the most high order. It is excellent. It is glorious. It is beyond. It's eternal. And this is what Mary is being told. Your son is going to be the eternal king. But if you're worried about human things, well, that's blown out of the water now. Because we know as human beings that we're mortal. We know that, as Scripture says correctly, it is appointed that each man will die, and after that, the judgment. But Jesus brings a perspective of eternity, of beyond the grave, of the great resurrection, Again, the people of Israel knew about. And I love the fact that you hear when Martha speaks to the Lord Jesus Christ after Lazarus' death. And she says to him, yes, I know about the great resurrection, the great day that's coming. Because the people of Israel knew that the promised Messiah would bring about a resurrection for all his people to eternal life. And a resurrection to all those who are not his people to eternal damnation as well. And so Mary now has this whole picture before her. It's amazing, isn't it? That she's asked the question, how will this be before hearing the whole story. Do you know what it's like that in our lives as well? We often ask the question, how will it be? How will I cope? How will I go on? And we don't know the whole picture. We don't know the breadth and depth of the experiences that we're going to come to. But God does. And he has a plan For those. Well, what's the angel's final answer to this? Well, the angel's final answer to this is nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And he starts off by telling Mary this in again a very real, practical, human way. 
Isn't it good that God knows us so well that he spells things out in a way that we can understand? That he tells us things in a way that we can grasp it. Because if he tried to explain it in its fullest, we wouldn't grasp it. Because he is so glorious. So what does the angel say? Well, he says, this might be unbelievable to you. But this is the proof. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who is called Barra. There you are. You want a real human explanation of how this is possible? There are freaks of nature. There are divine acts that happen in this world that are beyond human explanation. I deliberately read those uh, first verses that I did. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. And for five months, she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach from the people. It's amazing. For five months of being pregnant, she hid herself away. She hid herself away because she was so amazed by what had happened. She was so in awe of what God had done for her that she didn't want to go anywhere. All she wanted to do was praise God. This is what God has done for me. She's not interested in the people saying, Wow, Elizabeth, congratulations, this is amazing. It's almost as if she's concerned that instead of giving God the glory, they would give her the glory. And shows us what we're like as people, doesn't it? Good things happen. We praise each other, not praise the Lord. Maybe we should do that more. And so this is what the angel brings to Mary. God has done a miracle. Your relative who was barren, your cousin who has been wanting a child for years but hasn't been able to have one. Who knows what she tried to conceive? Who knows what she did? But she failed. And now not only is she classed as barren, but she's past it. She's old. She's beyond the years. But she's conceived. And again, why did she conceive? Well, the one that she was to have was one that was promised. John the Baptist. The one who was to go before the Messiah of the Lord. The one who was to prepare the way. To shout out and proclaim that the paths needed to be made straight. He was promised. Reminds us of Sarah as well, doesn't it? The barren old woman. She was given a promise. 
that a son would be born to her in her old age. So remarkable it was to her even that she laughed. She laughed. She couldn't believe it. But it came to pass, and it was coming to pass in the history of Elizabeth as well, and the angel tells it to Mary because he's now saying effectively, you think these things are impossible. (laughs) Read your Bible. They're not. Read the word of God. They're not. And actually even more than that, look around you properly. They're not. Paul's right when he says to us that this whole creation still displays the power and the authority and the glory of God. Our problem, we don't see it. We're not looking for it. It's there. And so Mary gets told to look. And what will will she see? Nothing is impossible with God. No issue, no trouble, no problem, no concern is impossible with God. The God who is with us. The God who is our Emmanuel, the Lord Jesus Christ. The God who is in us, the Holy Spirit. Why are we so afraid as God's people? Why are we so concerned? Why are we carrying so many burdens? Cast your cares on him, because he cares for you. These things are not impossible. They're beyond us. (laughs) That's not impossible. How many things are beyond what we can do? Pleasing God is beyond what we can do. Way beyond what we can do. But it's possible. Because we can please God if we believe in him. Faith makes it possible. We can have new life through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who is promised here, the one who is coming. The one who's come and will come again. Mary's response to this is, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it all be done to me according to your word. Do what you say. Do what you say. And for us here today, whatever our question is of how will this be or how can I survive? How can I cope? Whatever that problem may be in our lives, God can make it possible. And for us as all humanity, our biggest problem is our sin. The sin that so easily besets us. The sin that entwines and entangles into every part of our being. So much so that even our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Because they're filled with sin. The sin that means that we die. 
The sin that means that we face eternal damnation, hell. How can we cope with that? Well, we can cope with it through the God who can do the impossible. Because the God who made Mary the Virgin have a child gave him a son who is his son. Who came to this world not to be a baby, but to be a saviour. To save us from our sin. To save us from his wrath. Yes, to save us from the devil as well. And any other enemy that happens to be out there. But to save us, to be his people. And that's the great message of Christmas. That the Son came so that we could be adopted into God's family. Don't worry about the paperwork. Don't worry about the rules and regulations. God will deal with all of them so that we can have life. And life in its abundance. Why are we worried? Why are we afraid? Isn't it funny that that's one of the things that you always hear the Lord Jesus Christ saying to his disciples? Do not fear. And we still always need to hear it as well, don't we? Do not fear. I am with you. I will keep you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you again that it reminds us of your might and of your power. We thank you that it reminds us, firstly, in, to look to you. To look at who you are in the glorious Trinity. Father, Son, and Spirit. Thank you that it reminds us that you, as our great God, are at work in our salvation. Lord, we thank you that you are. Because for us, meeting your standards... Being good enough to deserve heaven is impossible. But with you, all things are possible. And as we think of that, Lord, and as we come to you with the troubles and difficulties that no doubt we have, Lord, we thank you that we can call on you, even in those situations, knowing that you love us, that you care for us, and that you can do the impossible, even in those situations for us. Because if salvation is possible for our God, well, there's nothing that can't be. Praise be to your name. Be with us, we pray. In Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen.